Hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. I'm Will Frank. Welcome, Will. Uh, so Spectology is usually a book club podcast where we talk about science fiction books. Uh, usually me and my one of my co-hosts, uh, Matt or B. Uh, today, however, we have Will Frank on, who is the Hugo administrator for Discon 3, the 79th Worldcon. Uh, he's coming on to talk a little bit uh, about the Hugos, about why you might want to vote in the Hugos. Uh, in some ways, this is going to be a part two of a uh, discussion I had on the podcast a little while ago about like why you should actually sign up and be a member of Worldcon. Uh, yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I mean, we have someone here who actually like works on these things. And so hopefully we'll get to ask some fun questions and like learn a little bit, not just about like why you should, but well, I guess what the Hugos actually are in practice. Uh, so yeah, Will, do you want to, you know, maybe introduce yourself a little bit better than I did there? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm Will Frank. As Adrian said, I'm the Hugo Administrator for uh, Discon 3, the 79th World Science Fiction Convention, which is going to be held in August uh, of 2021, hopefully in person at the Marriott Wardman Park Hotel. But, you know, obviously we're going to have to keep monitoring the state of the world to mm. figure out if that's happening. Um, but whether the convention goes virtual or physical, the Hugos will happen. Uh, the Hugo Awards, I guess this is a little bit of a, you know, as you know, Bob, sort of, you already know this, but the Hugo Awards are given out annually for the best works of science fiction, fantasy, and related uh, subjects in a number of categories. And it is my distinct privilege and duty, as it were, this year to oversee the process of selection. Uh, I will be reviewing nominations, tabulating final ballots, and running the numbers on who actually won. So I guess first we should jump right into it. Um, I think something that I've known for a long time, although I think I learned about through like inauspicious means, the like whole sad puppies ordeal, um, is that anyone can vote in the Hugos. Uh, they are not some secret cabal who like makes decisions about things. Um, but at the same time, like this is a little bit of a like, you know, uh, like, how does one vote in the Hugos? Why would one want to vote in the Hugos? Right. Like, I think you're well poised to answer this question. Well, the how is pretty straightforward. The uh, nomination, the, the nomination period opens in early January. Uh, and to nominate, you have to be a member of either the current year's Worldcon or the previous year's Worldcon. So in this case, you have to be a member of either Discon or have been a member of Con Zealand, the 78th World Science Fiction Convention that was held virtually last year out of New Zealand. Um, to be a member, there are there are a to be a member, you sign up on the website. There is a, a supporting level membership that costs $50 US that confers voting rights. There are also higher tiers. There's a, an attending tier and any number of intermediate tiers, mm -hmm. including things like young adult, child, first world con. There's a lot of flexibility in wanting people to get in, but you know this is a five-day event, and so there is definitely a, a charge to it. So mm -hmm. that is... Uh, something we're aware of, and we want to make sure it's as accessible as possible. Um, Do you know how much just the voting membership is this year? Like the baseline voting? The supporting voting? membership is $50 US. That okay. confers the right to receive publications from Worldcon, the right to nominate and vote. And generally, because publications includes a Hugo voter packet, it sh will, should include that. 
the Hugo Voter Packet is not part of the Constitution. It's just something that we've been doing mm -hmm. every year. So I can't say that's a guaranteed right of supporting membership, but it's part of the process now. Right, right. And the the voter packet, for folks who don't know, is a lot of the publishers of the works nominated uh, after nomination will actually like include those works for all Hugo voters to be able to read them once they've been nominated. Exactly. It's, you know, it, once upon a time, I guess it was expected that the people who were nominating and voting on, on the Hugos would have read everything in the field. And that's just not. <laughs> no, I don't think it was feasible then, but they certainly thought it was. Um, so now we want to make a point of making sure that if you are encountering these works or if you're being asked to vote on these works you at least have the opportunity to read them right and it's a little bit of a sticky situation i know because you know it's like on the one hand you should want to support the hugos to like vote in them on the other hand like hey you also get a bunch of like books and short stories and like you know art and other stuff like in this digital voter packet which is really cool um, but also it's not like, uh, oh, hey, support your like favorite authors by like, you know, buying their works because you're not. It's being like donated to the voters. Um, so it's a little right. bit like, you know, but it is like an actual like very cool perk of the uh, of voting. I, I definitely think it's been something that that we've appreciated being able to do for the past couple of years. So that's how to vote as to why you vote. I think there's definitely an aspect of this is how the science fiction community makes its voice heard. You said a couple of minutes ago that oh, there's no secret cabal that makes the decisions. And that's very true. The Hugo Awards are a public award made up of the people who show up, the people mm -hmm. who are involved in Worldcon, the, the, the Worldcon membership of a given year. Um, so they, you, the people who choose are the ones who get to say, these are the works that we here and now in our time want to commemorate, memorialize, uh, make a part of our shared history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you made the point to me earlier that it, you know, it's like membership-driven. Like, I just like that phrase that you used earlier, that it really is like, you do have to sign up for to be a member. It is not like open to the public per se. Like, membership is open to the public. Voting is open to the membership. And I think that sort of like... Is a, is a nice kind of way of thinking about this of like anyone can become a member, but you do have to actually like choose to join this community if you want to vote and like be a part of it. Exactly. As you say, it's very much we are the people who choose to show up for this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So one thing I've always been curious about, because like I said, like I've been involved in the science fiction like fandom for over a decade now. I used to run several like, you know, relatively popular science fiction subreddits. I do this podcast, obviously, or, you know, I kind of do this podcast at this point. But, you know, uh, and, you know, it's something I've long I've been a science fiction reader since I was like literally my first books were science fiction. Um, but it was only something I actually learned through that, like, you know, like administrating these clubs that even like I was eligible to be a member and that indeed like anyone was. And I'm kind of curious, you know, your take on, you know, membership outreach. Like I've also spoken to a lot of people who are like, oh, I know I can be, but it doesn't feel quite right for me. Like I haven't necessarily like read that many science fiction books this year or I, you know, like, oh, I've never really felt like a part of the community per se. Um, and sort of, you know, I, I, I would like to hear from someone actually on the Hugos how they think about that um, from your end of the world. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right that this is a, a point of contention and certainly has been getting to be a major point of contention over the past couple of I don't know, decades. Mm. Um, the 
the universe of readers and fans has grown by leaps and bounds, and Worldcon needs to do the same. And one of the problems that Worldcon faces is it's sort of like rebuilding itself every single year. Oh my God. Um, it's a I different know. committee, a different city, a different group of people organizing it. And that has advantages for a whole lot of things. And one disadvantage it has is it makes outreach harder. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Discon takes outreach very seriously. We are looking at fan funds to aid, to aid fans and participants, especially from marginalized communities and groups that haven't been historically represented uh, in, in the Worldcon process. We want to make sure that we are accessible to everybody and our outreach teams are working very hard to make sure that people know of us. Mm -hmm. That is good also, to hear. Hey, Will, there's this podcast that would very much like to interview you. Are you <laughs> up? <laughs> good. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that. I'm also, you know, very, you know, happy for you to come on and, and talk about this because it's something that I have been, you know, it's been my hobby horse over the last few years. I'll just, you know, tell you kind of straight up of like, to me, it's kind of crazy how few people vote on the Hugos, right? Like, especially like the nominations get maybe 500 to a thousand nominations, depending on, I mean, fewer in some of the categories, but those tend to be the really niche categories. So, right. But like tend to get a small number of nominations in particular and voting. I think last year there were what, five to 7,000 voting members, something in that realm. And, that, and that's a relatively normal number. Um, and to me, you know, given that science fiction is essentially the most popular like media genre at the moment, particularly if you consider Star Wars, the most popular movie ever in the world, Avatar was a science fiction movie, right? Like superhero movies are essentially all science fiction at this point, uh, right? Like it dominates the larger media landscape. And yet the Hugos get so few people actually like engaging and voting in them when they are so popular and, you know, I have seen a lot of focus on, oh, well, we need to do like dramatic presentation, you know, let's give awards to movies in that case, as opposed to let's outreach and let people know that this is even an option for them in the first place. Well, I think there's a little of column A and a little of column B. One of the things that, uh, that Discon is doing is we've announced a special, uh, mm -hmm. the committee for Discon has announced a special Hugo award for next year for best video game. And, Part of that is an outreach and saying, look, video games are a medium for science fiction and fantasy and all of the related topics that those encompass. And we want to make sure that the content of Worldcon and the content of the Hugo Awards is as reflective of the larger, as you say, genre media landscape, as we want to make sure that the larger genre media landscape is aware of the Hugo Awards. Um, I'd say it to some to, to some extent it feeds itself and feeds each other. Mm -hmm. um, the the news that we were doing of best video game reached blogs and sites that might or might not have otherwise picked up on the news of the Hugo Award nominations opening up next month or the month after that. No, no, next month. It's December now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I know I'm going to post this, but yeah, as we're having this interview, it's the first of December, 2020. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's and that's a very good point. I'm actually I'm extremely happy that the video game award is happening as a special award this year. I do hope it continues. Like you know, my personal feeling on the like dramatic presentation awards is like I really wish they would focus specifically on being storytelling awards, and so it'd be like best video game story as opposed to just best video game because there's plenty of that already. I know other people like disagree with that for like very reasonable reasons. This is just like my chance, you know my podcast, my hobby horse, but, <laughs> but no, but well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy about that in particular. Cause I think that that is thinking about things a little bit uh, more broadly than just like, Hey, what movies are happening now are. You're right. And there's definitely an aspect of, you know, that sort of thing. What is the best video game? Is it the one with the best graphics? Is it the one with the best story? Is it the one with the best gameplay is part of why it comes back to why do you vote? Because that's how the community decides what it wants to celebrate. Mm -hmm. in in all of these topics you know both in Mm -hmm. the immediate term by what gets voted on year to year and in the fact that by being a member of the of of the Worldcon, you are entitled to attend the business meeting of the Worldcon, which is where it's decided what the constitution of the world science fiction society consists of if you want to say hey i want this award to be specifically geared toward Video game stories, that's the place to present that argument. One of the big reasons we're doing a video game Hugo is we want to be able to have more evidence in support of the idea of a video mm-hmm. game Hugo to see if eventually something like best video game, best interactive experience can be made a permanent category. I think that's a long, uh, at least a ways off. But the only way we're going to know if there's support for it in the membership is by finding out what happens when you say, let's do a best video game Hugo. Um, I should say up front, and we said this in our press release, but the Hugo Study Committee, specifically the games subcommittee of the Hugo Study Committee, led by Ira Alexandra, did fantastic work in putting together the evidence to support the idea that we want, that that, that we could do this. And Ira has been indispensable in um, helping with the planning and the press release and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That actually brings up, you know, a really interesting point that I know I can lose sight of. And I think a lot of people do, which is that like on the one hand, there's no shadowy cabal, like deciding who gets Hugo's, but there are actually a lot of people who work on the Hugo's in a lot of different um, ways. And I think one thing that might be interesting to people is like how to get involved in that, right? Like these awards don't happen just because they happen, right? Like people like you actually do the work of it. And there are other people who think about the future of them as well. And, you know, I was wondering if you could maybe like talk about some of that, like administration and talk about, right? Like, both how one might get involved, the process of it generally, and just, you know, like, like what, what, what do the Hugos look like from a, like, human perspective, right? Um, it, it looks like a bunch of people who are going, what the hell did I just sign up for? <laughs> uh, a lot of the time. Um, Volunteer work, man. <laughs> I know. My, my, my spouse worked Hugo, worked, worked World Cons before we met and keeps saying that they have a serious case of helium hand. You know, somebody <laughs> needs something, hand goes up. Uh, <laughs> I, they actually got me into working the sort of back of house side. The For me, it was... So there, like you say, there are a lot of people. There is an elaborate org chart for for Discon three. Mm-hmm. You know, I have. Let's see. Let me let me do, run a quick set of numbers here. One, two, three, four, five. I have 
five people who are listed on the org chart as my staffers, and I think there's at least one who should be on this list and isn't. <laughs> this includes um, a specialist in access because we want to make sure that everything is uh, accessible for mm. disability purposes. We have one person who is in charge of putting together the Hugo packet we discussed, one person who's going to be the central point of contact for the Hugo staff if, if we need to reach out to any finalists or any any individual about their nomination. Uh, several people who are sort of my deputies to help work with the actual tabulation and counting. In fact, everyone's going to be all hands on deck for that. Mm -hmm. And that's not counting my, you know, the person I answer to who is the the division head for the World Science Fiction Society. So not only does he responsible for all of the stuff that I'm up to, he's also dealing with the business meeting end of things, the setup of, okay, how are we going to run this meeting? It's run, I believe, by Robert's Rules of Order, which um, is always fun to, <laughs> to watch. And also the voting on the site selection for the 2023 Hugo Awards, because every year they vote on what's going to be the Hugo, what's going to be the Worldcon, sorry, not the Hugo, the Hugo Worldcon in 2023. I believe there are two leading candidates for that, mm -hmm. Chengdu, China mm -hmm. and Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> no, that's, that's very cool. I mean, it's, it's such a large group of people and I, I, you know, I appreciate Having done a lot of volunteer work, really appreciate the folks who put the time into it, such as yourself. It is not a small amount as, of work. <laughs> as to how to get involved, I mean, that's very much through the website. We have a section on volunteering opportunities. You know, we're looking for people right now. There's openings. And beyond that, if you want to, you know, be involved, there's a form to fill out. And we always need people. You know, you start mm -hmm. getting involved in something and you keep doing it and you keep coming back. Um, I started getting involved. I actually was and often still am a panelist at science fiction conventions because in my day job, I'm an intellectual property attorney, which means I have a lot to say on subjects that are relevant to fans mm -hmm. like fan fiction. I have had so many fantastic panels with other attorneys and non-attorneys and writers about fan fiction and the legal aspects of it and the social cultural aspects of it. Um, and then I sort of got involved in 2016. I was the vice administrator for the Hugo Awards in Kansas City. And then when the staff for this year was putting itself together after they won in 2019 one site selection, uh, the WISFIS division head and the chairs said, hey, Will, would you like to do, uh, do the Hugos? And I said, you know, I will. Excellent. This was all before COVID, so you know I'm not sure. I, I probably still would have, still would have done it, but I don't know. I I would have demanded booze. <laughs> well, I think it does. You know, I, I it's funny you bring up COVID because I was going to say it does also prove present an opportunity to some folks to be able to get involved in ways they might not be able to. Right? Like, obviously, we're hoping to host the um, host the Hugo's in person down here in DC. Although, you know until that happens, there is plenty of like distributed work to happen, right? Like it does, you don't need to be in a particular place to volunteer on this. Um, I actually curious, Absolutely. what, what is the website this year? I know that changes every year too, you know, thank you Worldcon. And so, um, what is the place people could go and both become a member as well as, you know, like volunteer if that's what they're interested in? Absolutely. The website is discon3, D-I-S-C-O-N, numeral three, dot org. It's, you know, got a bunch of redirects. Uh, we're on Twitter as Worldcon 2021, Worldcon 2021. 
Um, there's also worldcon.com, I believe, which will give you the list of all the upcoming worldcons. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, worldcon.com is kind of difficult to navigate as someone who has had to do oh, it yeah, many it goes times. To, it goes to worldcon.org. Um, <laughs> right. So that's fun. Uh, but yeah, it does have the list of what the yeah. current worldcons are for both Discon and next year's ShyCon 8. Um, but yeah, that's where you go. And there's there's a menu to drop down. You'll see, even on the main page, news tweets the membership information and then if you go into the menu get involved you can see both how to sign up to be on panels as participating in the program as well as volunteering opportunities as well as i mentioned earlier the fan funds the the way to support people to encourage attendance by people who are worried that they can't afford it or are underrepresented and and, you know don't feel comfortable we definitely want to encourage Mm. people to do that and so we have capitalized the discount three fan fund very cool okay that's very cool i i will probably actually i i didn't know that was happening this year and i'll probably put some money towards that because that is something i care a lot about obviously <laughs> um, important important thing yeah um another thing i did as i mentioned to you beforehand want to like talk about a little bit like i know you're not actually involved in the like ceremony itself but you know last year's ceremony was a lot for a lot of people. Um, it caused a lot of like, you know, discussion. I mean, like I went on someone else's podcast to talk about how disappointed I was in it. Right. Like it was rather disappointing in a lot of ways. And I think to a lot of people, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that because as much as like these other things might help encourage membership, I think stuff like that actually like discourages it in a very real way. I I definitely understand that. And you're right. There's a a very sort of precise delineation of responsibility set up with the Hugo Awards. You know, people think of me as, as, as I don't know what people think of the Hugo Administrator <laughs> as, but what I am is I'm like the guys from Ernst & Young who get wheeled out for five minutes of applause at the Oscars holding the briefcase. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to give out awards. The Worldcon does that. My job is to make sure that I'm telling them who won. That having been said, I know, you know, obviously we have to work together, and I know that the people who are running the ceremony this year, the people from uh, from Discon who are who have this responsibility, take it very seriously and have been listening to everything that everybody has been saying about what they like and don't like and what works and doesn't work. You know, I know that back in August we announced who the hosts of this year's mm. uh, of next year's Hugo Awards will be: Sheree Renee Thomas and Malka Older. And they've spoken about what they want to do. And I'm really looking forward to the ceremony that they put on, whether it's in person or virtually. Mm -hmm. I know that they want to make sure to center the finalists, the winners, and the community as the focus of the event. Great. Wonderful. I mean, that's, that's really nice to hear. And it, you know, it makes me feel a lot better about it because I will admit I was pretty, I just like made sad by that and the way that that all went down. So it's very nice to hear that like people, you know, are working on it and care about it. And I think, again, it also goes back to the like, you know, one of the the beautiful and also difficult things about Worldcon, about the Hugos, is it is like made up of the people who show up (laughs) at any given time. Right. And like that, that is that is difficult, especially for a convention that is never the same and has so little institutional memory because it is different every single year. Uh, And so the way burning itself to the ground and rebuilding like a phoenix out of the flame, which means there's a lot of shrapnel. 
there really is. And as someone who used to work in event management, it is like totally crazy to me that it works at all. And so kudos to everyone who does make it work. It's a little like, you know, what's the line? I know it's in Masquerade. I think I can't. It might be in Shakespeare in Love. Theater just works. The Worldcon, <laughs> you know, we put a lot of work into it. And even we're amazed that it actually happens and keeps happening every year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it runs itself, but at some point it's like, it doesn't, the math just never, there's the work we put in and the stuff that comes out and I can't balance the scales and yet it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Will, this has been really great. Is there anything else that I have missed that you want to like tell people about or just reiterate or anything like that? Um, well, as I said, to be the nominations generally open in, in, uh, around the start of the year to nominate, you have to have been a member of either con Zealand or discon and you, the cutoff will be, I think about when it opens, you have to be a member by then to mm-hmm. vote. So nominations run January to let's say March or April, then there's final voting. Um, we use a system, uh, of, uh, of voting, I believe it's called instant runoff or Australian voting, where you rank all your choices. Um, this is not one of those first past the post. If somebody gets the most votes, they automatically, you know, the, the most on the first ballot, as mm-hmm. it were, they automatically win. It is much more complicated. It, we want to reflect that if people say, well, I like this book most, but I also like these three other books, that the, 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 the work that has the most overall support is the work that, that wins. So, you know, we want to avoid splitting votes. I don't believe it is possible to have like a split vote on this setup, uh, which is why it's used. So around starting in April, you'll have the opportunity to vote for the final among the finalists. You'll rank your choices. And then we do all the work of figuring out, you know, running the numbers and who actually won. Mm-hmm. Um, for that, you have to be a member of the current Worldcon. So if you're interested... Uh, definitely look into becoming at least a supporting member of Discon 3. Again, discon3.org. You can get all the information there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes of the best video game, Hugo. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of the standard Hugo categories, including best series, which was finalized into the Constitution last year or maybe the year before. It's Mm. a little hard to keep track. Uh, So really interested to see what comes of that. Yep. Agreed. And I, I, I will just say too, cause I've, I've, I've actually talked to a number of people who, you know, are like, Oh, well, I'm interested in voting, but I haven't read enough to nominate this year. And so like, I'm not going to like bother the nomination stage and like, no, like if you've read one book that you want to nominate, you've like not, you've read enough to nominate. If you've read Absolutely. one story or like played one game that you really liked, like, you know, liked one book cover and like want to nominate that uh, like book covers artist, like you have enough to nominate. Uh, I think it can be very intimidating to see the like, you know, there's like 14 different uh, categories and each has like six open spaces for a nomination, but you do not have to write in every single one of those, like by far. Absolutely true. We want to know what people like and what they think they, as I said, what the community wants to recognize and make part of the shared history. And you don't have to be up on everything to be a part of the community and want to bring your knowledge, your experience, your perspective, your enjoyment to that shared community experience. It's the only way we have it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Well, Will, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's been great talking about this stuff. Uh, to everyone listening, I hope you all do this. <laughs> I, or at least some of you, if you can afford it. If you can't, you know, there are hopefully ways to get around that. Uh, talk to me, you know, go to discon3.org, like check that out, uh, you know, and sign up for membership because I, I voted and nominated a number of years off and on and I always feel happier when I have than when I haven't uh, about the Hugos. Let's put it that way. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so thank you again to will um thanks everyone for listening thank you to wj who does our music you're listening to right now um you know we can be found on twitter at spectology pod uh i'm adrian i'm the one who's usually running our twitter uh we have a i think spectology pod on facebook or something i don't know i don't actually like use that anymore um and spectology pod at gmail.com if you would like to send me an email talk to us ask us any questions uh and finally it's spectology.com for the podcast itself as well as Apple, Stitcher, whatever people listen to podcasts on now, Overcast. Um, yeah, so thanks again to everyone. Thanks again, Will. And I will, you know, talk to everyone again. I think next time we actually have a book club again. So <laughs> hopefully folks can be excited by that. Bye. Thank you. Bye.